It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Slipped just as he tackled, and Heskef in the penalty area. Heskef pulled back, and it's a challenge from Pierce. Not a chance. Okay, and the referee no, has given, given it. it. Oh no! I don't believe it. It looks a fair challenge from this angle. The referee has given it, and he wants the word of Jason Pierce. I don't believe he's given that. I really don't. That's a nonsense decision. Well, on first glance, at least. But the last two or three decisions have all gone the home way, haven't they? You just got the feeling something was cooking. Chonk Hill a little bit agrees. I don't know with that, that decision, but certainly it was a foul in the build-up to that. Exactly that. On, uh, on Tariq Fossey that wasn't given. You might have heard the cries from the away fans, and now Chonk have to try and prevent a penalty. She's going to be taken by Luke Lucas Aikins as captain of the right-back up against Jed Steer. He's already made a magnificent save in this game. Can he keep... Charlton in it, referee blows, Aikin steps up, right footed, Aikin strikes and sends Steer the wrong way, and Burton have the lead. Ooh, that's a terrible ball from Brayford and Taylor picks it up, Taylor will drive forward, he's got Fossil ahead of him, he uses him decoy, Taylor to the right and Grant in the penalty area, Grant turns, Grant cuts off oh, his foot, goes down, the referee gets a penalty. It didn't look like he was. Grant I didn't think so either. to his left foot. McFadden dived in. No that complaints. took an age. No complaints from the centre half. Do you think the assistant must have given that? Because he didn't look like he wanted to give no, it. No, the referee just blew it. looked like he was going to give a foul against Grant. That <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. Grant has won a penalty. And Charlton have the chance to redeem themselves. There's no complaints from McFadden. I wasn't 100% sure myself. But McFadden dived in. Grant sold him the dummy. Cut inside onto his left foot. And now Charlton have a penalty of their own, which Carl and Grant's going to take it. Looks very unlikely, <laughs> but Grant will take. He, the one who won it, he stepped up and said, "That's mine." And I spoke to Lyle Taylor about penalties at half time on Saturday, and he said he didn't mind taking them, but he missed one on international duty. So now it's the responsibility of Carl and Grant. It's a little bit of time before this penalty is taken, as the referee wants a word with the players on the edge of the box. Now peels off as Grant prepares to take. Referee blows his whistle. Grant steps back about three yards back. Grant steps up, right footed, strikes. It's yes. in just to the goalkeeper's right. The goalkeeper got a touch. It wasn't a great penalty. No, it wasn't. No, you're right. By Carl and Grant. But the addicts are level nonetheless after 32 minutes. Just under three minutes left of normal time remaining. Charlton have a corner on the right hand side as Charlton attack. Ward has come across in front of the Addicts faithful have made the trip north that's a good ball into the box that's yes! a lovely goal it was Trebo put his head there and Jason Pierce has buried it in the six yard box to give Charlton an unlikely lead well I said that to get it right and they got it right a great ball in from Ward it's touched on by Rebo at the back post with Jason Pierce of all players to just guide the ball home and the Addicts have been under pressure a lot in the second half managed to get the the lead after 87 minutes. Get him. Brayford in his own half, scampering backwards to get it. I make that time up. Brayford taking his time. Now he knocks it long, but that's the whistle. And Charlton have bagged three points in the most unlikeliest of circumstances. It gives the wrong impression. 
So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview coming to you live from the Valley. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me here in the studio as we get ready to gear up for Saturday's FA Cup second round home game uh, with Doncaster Rovers and of course look back at that absolute smash and grab victory uh, up in the Midlands and Burton Albion is Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing Tom? Very good. You look chilly, you're wearing a hat in the I studio. Yeah, yeah, my head is quite cold. <laughs> yeah. uh, have you had a nice little break, you've been away? It's been alright, yeah, I was yeah. just looking, I haven't seen a game since Doncaster yeah. at home. It's so been I've... nothing but wins since then, hasn't uh, it? Swansea under 21s. So doesn't count. Let's not forget that. That doesn't count. But yeah, it's not the real run quiz. recently. Yeah, doing so, well. Doing yeah. well. Fourth league win uh, in a row up at the Pirelli Stadium on Tuesday evening. We just heard the highlights. We'll also hear from Lee Bayer's uh, post-match interview and we'll hear from the, the match winner and the skipper, of course, Jason Pierce. We want to know your three word reviews of that performance as well. Find our Twitter page at Charlton Live and react uh, to that game. Our three word review tweet. Let us know in three words how you would sum up that win uh, during the week. Also, before we start to gear up for Saturday's home game uh, with Donny in the FA Cup we're going to talk about some of the sort of subjects that came up in today's press day uh, from Bowie the transfer window Jed Steer potential being recalled that sort of stuff was talked about uh, so we'll, we'll have a chat about that and then of course look ahead to Saturday's game uh, in the Cup we'll hear the, the potential team news uh, from Lee Bowie and we'll discuss it ourselves so Plenty of stuff to look forward to, but first of all, um, I mean, there's ways to win a game, uh, Tom, and uh, I mean, probably not going to happen every week if, if you try it that way, but Charlton got away with one on, uh, I, I was I would ripped your arm off for a point <laughs> with about 25 minutes left to go on Tuesday, and we went and took all three. I'd rather you didn't rip my arm off, but yeah, <laughs> I would have absolutely taken that as well, and as I said to you just off air there, I bumped into a mate at work who's a Charlton fan, and he said, this, this just doesn't happen to us, we, we don't very often get those smash and grab wins, it's usually someone doing it against us you know think back to Peterborough uh, here or Sunderland Coventry yeah so so it, it's just happened time and time again but um, yeah I mean I've seen the highlights I wasn't able to follow the game live on Tuesday but um, I mean even the highlights just you know Charlton you, you might try and cut them to show more of us and more attacking threat from us but you could see even from them it, it was dominated by Burton and, and they're a good side at home and we knew that going into the game so you knew it was going to be a tough test you fall behind as well um, and then yeah as as we've all said to manage to come away with that with three points maybe we didn't deserve it but you know as Charlton fans who cares it's it's one of those wins that perhaps we're going to look back on at the end of the season and think that made a real difference yeah I mean because over, over the course of the game it was, it was clear and you know there will be questions asked about the performance overall, whether whether we were set up right or whether the players were struggling to adapt to the conditions. It was a horrible mm. uh, evening up there. But at the end of it, you'll, you'll look at the resilience. You know, For all the possession that, that we gifted, possibly we, we were overrunning the midfield, I think, which doesn't often happen on the, on Tuesday evening. The, the back four and Jed Steer, when he was called upon, tended to stand up to everything that, that was thrown at him. And, and Boya says himself in the post-match interview, you know, Sometimes you just need to show that bit of doggedness just to stick in there and you never know, you might try and nick it down the other end and that's what happens. Yeah, and we've played we've played seven games this month and that was the seventh of them. Um, and that's seven games in 24 days. So we're playing so often at the moment and we've said time and time again we haven't got the biggest squad in the world. Bowie has said here in interviews that we seem to struggle with those Tuesdays, whether that's because of the squad or another reason, I don't know, but... Whatever it is, those Tuesday games have been difficult for us. And um, yeah, uh, it's a tough place to go, as you say. It's a nasty, cold, windy, rainy night as well. They're a good side at that place. Um, and as I say, it comes off the back of a really gruelling month for us. Um, and we've still got injuries as well. So when you factor all that in, you know, I'm not, not looking for excuses. And luckily we don't need them because we got the point. But you think if there was ever going to be a game where the players are probably excused for being slightly off the pace, then then that's probably the one. You know, the international break really didn't make too much difference because we even had a, a checker trade and an FA Cup replay over that period as well. So I think we've just played so much football recently um, and he hasn't had a lot of opportunity to rotate his squad that you know you you kind of saw a performance like this coming and despite all of that, we've uh, well, we just said, apart from the, the checker trade game, which we're kind of not, not saying, uh, not, counting we've won or drawn every game so it's been a really really good month and and to come away with with a win there you know I'd have probably taken a point before that game more than happy with that um so to come away with all three points is just 
the icing on a, a November cake. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I personally would have taken the point before the game, just purely because if we are this this mm. promotion hunting yeah. side, but certainly after even after half time, I would yeah. I would have taken it because we were so overrun at times in that in, in throughout the whole game. Uh, you mentioned like he hasn't had many opportunities he, uh, to rotate. He did take the ones he had. So obviously, Lyle Taylor mm. uh, had to miss out the Bristol Rovers game due to suspension. He came back in for for Nicky Ajoze, and then Naby Sar came in at left back, which allowed Solly to go back to right back. Dick still. Uh, to have a rest and then Tariq Fosu for Jamie Ward seems to be the fairly standard mm. uh, Tuesday evening uh, fair because I, I don't think Jamie Ward he said it himself he doesn't really yeah. want to be playing 90 minutes on a Tuesday and then on uh, on the Saturday before that as well so where he did we did shift things around a bit so the very little movement he did have mm. he, he was able to use it and obviously I mean before the game, I was thinking Lyle Taylor coming in, that's going to be big for us. But it was, it was he actually had a pretty quiet game because he saw so little of the ball. I mean, when he did have it, he had uh, played a, a couple of nice balls for, uh, forward for, uh, for for Grant. That's where our penalty came from as well, one of his balls. Uh, he had a shot that went wider than the near post early on. We saw that chance maybe not too long before we scored, actually, where he was set away and was, was denied from a tight angle. So, I mean, just, just to be able to make those couple of changes just... To just about keep the squad ticking over probably helps in a way. Yeah, and you'd imagine he'll do much the same this weekend as well. But I think you also got to factor in the fact that with those changes, there are going to be players that obviously have to adapt. Solly, you know, he's a born right back. He's played right back all his life, but he spent the last few weeks at left back. So to suddenly go back to the other place takes a little adapting. Saar, obviously coming in at left back, it's not somewhere that's too familiar. He did it against Doncaster when he came on as a sub, and he obviously did it at Bradford really well last year, but it's not somewhere he plays that often. Fosu still playing his way into form and Taylor, you know, okay, he was suspended last game, but he's been up and down to Montserrat every other week it seems at the moment. Is it Montserrat? Yeah. So he's had loads of travel as well. So although we're making the changes we can, which is obviously great and it's giving those players some chance to play and giving some players some natural rest, that's going to affect the team as well because they've got a period of adjustment whilst they fit into that that new system. So it, it was never going to be easy. Uh, that, that's the thing. Um, and when I say I would have taken a draw before the game, I completely agree with you that we're a team that, that need to go places and win if we are one of those top teams. But I just looked at that and thought at the end of a schedule like this, if there's ever going to be a time where we might struggle, that might be the one. And, and to come through that is obviously obviously great. Um, I'd hope he rests a few of them again at the weekend and obviously look ahead to Blackpool. I think even in his press day today, he doesn't even mention the game. He says we're looking ahead to Blackpool. So, mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure he'd love to get through in the cup, but he said time and time again that that's not his priority. And we've obviously got Portsmouth coming up as well, which is another huge game, and then a few teams after that that perhaps we we would hope to beat. So um, yeah, it's about managing what will be another busy month because obviously the. Christmas period games come thick and fast as well now as that first half progressed like I, say, I think we were seeing Burton having the better chances I thought their boys on the far side mm. had a lot of the ball and there was a great save from Jed Steer uh, across that came over the header he tipped onto the bar and then the rebound was offside so it almost takes it away from his save yeah. but I don't think the original header would have been uh, offside so that's a superb save but it wasn't long after that they had, they had the uh, the penalty now Christian Billick had judged to have tripped uh, Boyce in the area. It's, it's a really tough one because for starters, I wasn't looking at the time because no, my, my equipment wasn't working. So I was fiddling around without. I look up and there's a penalty. And then when you try and watch it back, it, there's a player running across, so you can't actually see now. Uh, not too many complaints at the time from it. From and then afterwards, I mean, Jason Pierce said he's not he's not sure. Bowyer said the same. Um, but you know, you go a goal down and how you react to that is so important. And I think it's the fact that we were level within seven minutes in a game where we'd been struggling. I mean, that was huge for us to go in at the, at the break uh, on, on level terms, really. Yeah, yeah. And I think I, I've seen the highlights back as well and, again, couldn't tell. But obviously Terry's fair and impartial and, <laughs> and he thought it was a penalty. So. Terry, Terry doesn't think we should ever concede a penalty ever. <laughs> so I'll go with him. But, um, yeah, you're right. As I said, um, I've said since the start of the show, you know, this was this was always going to be a tough game. I'm not talking about Burton as a top two side or anything like that, but their home record is pretty good. They've got... a a good experienced manager at this level and they've been performing well at home so it was always going to be tough and you go behind to a penalty and it's about that character and as I said the conversation I had with my colleague earlier to come back and win from that position you know we don't do it that often it does happen but it's rare and and uh, you're right we go a goal down and you think oh no not again um, and to get that, that penalty so quickly it, it was obviously key to that um, mm. on Steer as well obviously because I haven't had much chance to, to comment on his performances this month but I think he's really stepped up and made some massive saves over the last two or three games really and deserves a lot of credit for that because he came in for a lot of criticism when he came in I don't think it was necessarily aimed directly at him but the decision maybe to bring him in for Phillips but 
yeah, you look at the uh, the goal we scored the other day from his break. Uh, Ward scored against Bristol, and then a few of the saves he's made in the last two games. I think he deserves praise as well. Yeah, it certainly does. Um, Carlin Grant, quite a clear penalty from him uh, from McFadden. Not not the best spot kick keeper got a hand to it, but yeah. but he crept in. Uh, start of the second half, we had a massive chance. Lapo, um, we mm. saw him. We saw him miss one on on Saturday yeah. against Bristol Rovers. Now this one, I thought he looked a little bit more composed to take the touch and to and to shoot. And there was a lot of bodies in between him and the goal. But I, mean, I can see Boga's reaction. He was right in front of us where we were, and he was he was not happy when that didn't go in. Um, but it's good to see George getting into these scoring opportunities now. He's getting getting more confidence now. He's having an even longer spell in the first team, getting forward. You know, it's, it's going to be one of those ones where as soon as one of them drops for him, you feel like he's got a few goals in him. Really, That's exactly. What I was about to say and it's that sort of rite of passage that ever since Bowyer and Jacko have been around the club um, Jake took it first and then Arebo took it and now Lapsley's kind of following that same path and if you remember with them the goals first sort of drip fed in one or two every now and again and then they slowly increased and slowly increased and now Arebo's well on his way to 10 you would think or 10 plus for this season Jake obviously was on that way last year obviously not this year with his injury but um yeah, Lapsley seems to be going the same way. Again, started the season a little bit more tame, um, only in terms of getting forward. I think his performances have been very good. Um, but yeah, the last few games he's got there, as you say, that one against Bristol, um, he, he just didn't really seem to to believe in himself. Um, and then this one he did. Um, so yeah, you would think a goal is coming. He obviously got, was it in the checker trade? He got his first goal. Yeah, against Cup. Crawley, yeah. Yeah, so um, he, has, he has scored for us, but I think... That first league goal for him will be huge. And again, I don't think he's suddenly then going to go on, score five in a row and do a, a Toby Stevenson. But um, I think goals will come towards the latter half of this season. And if he can get sort of three or four, maybe a few more over the next couple of years, you've got to remember he's still very, very young. But you can see that he's got that in him. And, and again, that must come from from the work of Jacko and, and Boya. Yeah, so the chances really started to dry up for that for us after that, even though the pitch wasn't uh, sodden surface. I mean, uh uh, Clough chucked on a couple of uh, uh, wingers, Miller and, and Harness both came on for, for Burton and they were giving us all sorts of problems uh, getting dangerous balls in. But like I say, we, we dealt with them. That's what you're going to take from it. They had shots, steer, steer save from Boyce as well. Um, that superb challenge back with, uh, from, from Naby Sar, which yeah. the club tweeted out uh, when Fraser was going through on goal. Uh, London Geezer, in fact, he tweeted in saying that last-ditch tackle by Naby Sar on Tuesday night surely is the French Bobby Moore. Uh, <laughs> says he loves Naby. I mean, he, he nearly scored a known goal in the first half, actually, Naby. I mean, that was a Naby Sar performance uh, all over. I mean, he he, um, he 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 nearly ballsed it up at one point, but then he, he, he played well otherwise and made a great challenge. So, you know, fair, fair play to him. But, you know, we were clearly... Uh, under the cosh and then just towards the end as they were starting throwing more balls into the box I saw I saw um, Nigel Clough turn to the ra- the fan in row one after the third or fourth cross in the last five minutes hadn't quite fallen to one of his players and he turned to one of his fans just behind him and said just need one to drop and luckily for us it didn't and then we, 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 we you know, as the game was getting just more stretched towards the end we saw that chance for Taylor uh, ended up winning a corner uh, that Wardy played in, and you know you got a gamble. Rebo flicks it onto the near post, and there's Piercy at the far post, right in front of the Charlton fans. And uh, you know it's a smash and grab. It's a robbery. Lee Bowyer should, should have spent the night in the cells, really, yeah. getting away with those three points. But you know you take him if you dig in and you hang into the game any which way, you might get that chance. And as everyone said, I mean it's happened to us enough times. It's, it's just nice to be dishing one out rather than being on the receiving end. Yeah, hundred percent. And and do we deserve it for? I'm going to sound like Bowie now. Do we deserve it for free-flowing attacking football? No, we don't. But we stuck in there. We we dug it out. We protected our goal as much as we could. And when that chance came along, like you say, we took a gamble. One of our defenders was prepared to push up because it was in the latter stages of the game. And we nicked the winner. Um, uh, and it was, was totally deserved in that sense. And you think about... I mean, it's been well publicised ever since Tuesday night all over Twitter and stuff. The amount of goals we've scored from set-pieces this season mm. but you think 18 about, or so including yeah, penalties yeah 16 sorry it was yeah. but you think of even just from the corners we scored we got that Aribo one the other week against Doncaster we got the one from Bielik at South End you know we have got goals in us from set pieces and uh, Jacko deserves a huge amount of credit because I know a lot of the work it is done by him at the training ground um, but they count just as much as a screamer from 35 yards it doesn't matter and um, and we seem to be utilising that this year and Again, it's paid off and it's one of those opportunities that you, you get the chance to work on that and no matter who's marking you, that the scenario is going to be pretty similar to rehearsing it on the training ground. So you get that head start by practising those moves and I don't, I've never understood. We've always seemed to have been poor at corners as long as I've been coming down here and 
finally we seem to be actually getting that right and, and we're reaping the rewards. Well, as, you, well. as you say, I'm sure it's no coincidence that the man that used to always be good at corners, yeah. Jacko, when he was playing, uh, now he's in charge of setting him up. We, we seem to be doing really well from yeah. him. So, yeah, no coincidence. So, four league wins in a row, deserved or not, that's the momentum that's going to keep us going. Still in the top six, but unlucky with the results around us all seem to go against us. But, you know, as long as we keep doing what we keep doing, then other teams will start to drop off at some point. Yeah, yeah well, you'd have to hope so, wouldn't you? And, I know, as I mentioned earlier, we've obviously got Portsmouth coming up. We've got Sunderland in January as well. So they're going to be massive games for us. And we've got Peterborough, I think, at the end of January. So, you know, they're the games that we're, that we're living for. They're the ones that are going to be key. But at the same time, we have to beat the sides that are, you know, that are around other parts of the league as well. Um, and, yeah, we've done that. And as you say, at Portsmouth now look look to be maybe, maybe running away with it. But I said a few weeks ago on this show... Um, that I still thought top two was was possible. Naif wasn't so sure, but I still really believe it. We, if uh, it's a big if, but if we were to beat Sunderland, if we match their results between now and then, we're three points behind them. There's absolutely no reason why we can't overtake them. We're the team in form at the moment. Sure, I'm sure we're going to have another lull at some point, but it's how we ride that out. And and as you say, there other clubs are going to as well. You know, it's not just going to be us and. We've had bad spells earlier in the season. You know, we didn't start the season brilliantly, apart from that win against Shrewsbury, and, and we've come through that. We won three or four in September, same in October. Now we're unbeaten in however many in the league uh, through November as well. So yeah, we're going into a very busy period in in some very good form. Right, we're going to hear your three-word reviews of the match uh, shortly. So don't forget, it's your last chance to talk. You mean at Charlton Live in three words. How would you describe our win up at Burton Albion on Tuesday? But after the match, I caught up with the Charlton boss, uh, Lee Bayer, and I asked him if it was fair to describe it as a bit of a smash and grab. Yes, 100%. Um, I think we're due one of them. We've had enough done to us this season. Uh, they outplayed us. They was very good. I said they're good. They're a good side at home. Um, so uh, yeah, we I think we we stole the points there. Yeah. You know, for a positive, I guess you, you, your team at times had to dig in in that second half and, and defend, and, and they kept going right until the end. And again, before the game, I said to them, "Look, these are a good side. Don't judge them by their position in the league because they're, they're a very good side. They've just come down from the championship. You know, they've, they've got good players." Um, good footballers and I said that these Tuesday nights like it or not these are the ones that that get you promotion come the end of the season you have to dig deep like yeah, our lads are tired from, from Saturday you know they, they put a shift in on Saturday and they're tired and I said to them you have to dig in and, and, and just give me 100% they'll have a bit of a rest after this give me 100% that's all I ask and, and you'll have to dig in and, and, and fight and compete for each other and and again, that was a, a team performance, a dogged performance, you know, on, on a Tuesday night. That's what you need and, and to, to get the three points, and that's what we've just done. So, so that, did we deserve the three points? No. But there's a lot of games that we did deserve the three points and left with nothing this season. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to take this one and run. <laughs> I guess uh, if there's one player that's all personifies the blood and guts that you need on a Tuesday night away on a rainy day is uh, of course Jason Pearson. He was the one who stood up at the end of the game there to score that winner. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, he's, he's just a warrior, isn't he? He's a, he's a, he's a leader. He, that's why he's our captain. Um, but I, I, I think they all done well tonight. They all put shifting. George Lapsley was everywhere, like literally everywhere. When you don't even want him to be everywhere, he's everywhere. You just want him to keep his shape and stay in position, but he's, uh, he's out in the right back position. You're thinking, no, like, but I have to say, Jed, mate, Jed was outstanding tonight. Um, I thought he was excellent. Some of the saves he made was um, was very good. So uh, everyone put a shift in and the whole fault. I'm, I'm really pleased with him. I've just said to him, that's the most, that, that's the best three points we've won this season for me. For me to take them, that's the best because they're the ones that you, you don't deserve but you dig deep and you fight and compete and and, and to get the three points, I'm, I'm over the moon. The tale of two penalties in the first half seems a long time ago now but the, the penalty that was given to Burton Albion, there were some complaints from the Charlton players. Did you have a view on what happened? Uh, well, it looks off from where I was but apparently there, there was contact so it shouldn't have come to that. We should have just cleared the ball. We shouldn't be trying to control it six yards out, seven yards out. Just clear it. Um, 
but from what I hear it was a penalty so um, same as that so it was both penalties so uh, yeah that, that was fair um, but yeah but, and obviously you'll take the momentum from the result if not the performance that's four wins in a row now still nestled quite safely in that top six and, and the, the, the train sort of keeps going along the, the rails yeah we've just got to keep 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 plodding along you know like, like I've said before we're not even halfway through the season yet um, we're in a good good position at the moment uh, I think near enough everybody above us won tonight as well which which I thought maybe one or two might trip up but it's, it's a long way to go and um, a lot of points to be played for so uh, we've got another tough one Blackpool way next um, that's going to be just as hard as tonight um, but we'll have a bit of a rest now What we don't play for another like 10, 12 days whatever it is so um, yeah we'll definitely have a we'll be ready for that A lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com ACAST, code ACAST. to Saar. Saar, lovely little dummy, advances forward with the ball, out left now to Page. Page on a run, adjacent to bounds here, Page crosses in, it's a decent ball, Carlin Grant is in surely, it is, the referee's given it, Carlin Grant heads home off the underside of the bar, just over the line, a glorious ball in from Lewis Page, finds the head of Carlin Grant, who gets his second in as many weeks, and Charlton 1-0 up here after 14 minutes. So welcome back to Charlton Live, the big match preview. Just heard there from Lee Bowyer after Tuesday evening's 2-1 win uh, up at Burton Albion. He seemed to forget that we are playing this Saturday. Yeah, I did ask him about the FA Cup after, but um, we've got some more recent audio about the Cup, so we'll use that later on in the show. Uh, but fair to say, I think he's not as bothered about that as, as he is about the league. Um, which is, fair, like I say, fair play to him. Uh, when, when we're winning games in the league, uh, then long may it continue. Um yeah, you can never question uh, Lee's honesty. I think I, I compared. I think we guessed what Carl Robinson might have said about something else recently about the five nil against Mansfield. He would have come out and pretended we were Barcelona, even though we didn't actually play that well until the last mm-hmm. ten minutes. Um, you know, w- would Carl have come out and admitted that we'd stolen that? Maybe not. But he's very honest with, with what he says, and more importantly, he gets results anyway, so it don't matter what he says. Yeah, I think that's the main thing. Obviously, it, it's the results that count. But you're right. I think it's a, it's a different style of management, isn't it? And when uh, when Carl used to come out and say what he said, I think it was his way of trying to motivate the players and make them perhaps try and play beyond their capacity um, and try and keep them playing at, at their very best. For Lee, he's much more honest uh, to a certain extent. I think Carl was, was an honest manager as well. I think sometimes he just saw the positives where perhaps sometimes there weren't any. And as I say, a lot of that was down to results anyway, but... Bowyer is more than happy to admit when we're bad. Um, although Cole did that away at Northampton as well and, and dug some players out. But but it, you're right, it's a different style of management uh, and, it, and it's refreshing to see. Um, and yeah, uh, there's not much more we can really say about it in terms of the performance. We all know that it, it wasn't our best, uh, but we still came away with a win and, and that's the most important thing. It's, it's just funny that he 
has absolutely no interest in Saturday at all, to the point where he barely would even reference it. Yeah, right, let's have a look at your three-word reviews uh, from the game on Tuesday night. Millie said it was absolutely bloody amazing. Uh, David Young says manager of month. I mean, that, the results we've had in November, he's got certainly, to be, he? certainly he's got to be up there, hasn't he? Uh, Alan said it was Christmas come early. Uh, <laughs> Andy says it was an absolutely great result. Cliff uh, quite fairly describes it as a smash and grab. Uh, Tim Jackson said tension, passion together or he said alay 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 which is what everyone was singing in a pub after which is very fun the video uh, that went round as well oh, with, with, with the guy amazing yeah the guy adding his own ad hoc lines <laughs> yeah we all enjoyed that uh, and uh, Pete said it was complex convoluted victory unfortunately Nathan's not here to try and get his uh, he's, yeah. he's noggin around those words <laughs> uh, uh, Bob Liscombe said it was daylight robbery uh, again, which is, which is fair to say, um, yeah, it was that LA 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 song that, that Tim mentioned after. I mean, the, I thought the the fans were really good on Tuesday night. I, I don't think I actually saw an official number, probably about six hundred or so. Um, and even though we weren't playing well, they kept going. The fans and you know they certainly enjoyed it. And then everyone who stayed up in Burton seemed to all uh, gather at the same. Weatherspoon's pub in the uh, in the town centre after which was staying open a bit late so I joined uh, we went there and everyone was in there it was a great uh, night in the pub after and then clearly I had too much fun because when I was going back to my room uh, we got a tweet in from Seba actually just for the show saying were you on the third floor of the travel lodge in Burton uh, to me uh, I'm sure I heard you talking to someone walking past room 301 at about half 12 when I was about to turn in and said well that's exactly the time I got in and exactly the floor I was on so yeah it was a uh, uh, I was caught by somebody. Lucky I weren't doing anything naughty, really. I was just uh, coming back <laughs> in from the pub. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a great night uh, for, for the Charlton boys. Uh, also a great night for this man, who we're going to hear from now. Uh, of course, Jason Pierce um, scored the scored the winning goal. He was uh, imperious uh, throughout the game. Uh, and again, we we spoke to him after. And again, he was pretty much along the lines of that. It, it wasn't the sort of game uh, that we used to being on the right end of. Yeah, no, we were under the cross from minute one. To be fair, and. Uh, first half they're better than us for sure and um, we got in half time one all which was important um, we knew we had to regroup change the system a little bit and, um, and we give it a good go but they were still still relatively on top to be fair so, so to get the three points is, is massive for us you played in many games like that where you've uh, say been under uh, under pressure for the whole 90 minutes but uh, the back four especially were under a constant pressure from, yeah. from Burton today not really no I um, haven't played in many games I think it's happened to us um, a lot in the past, you know, we, we've we've been dominating games and then we get sort of done by sucker pants. So it's it's just nice to have it the other way round. But obviously we know um, we can play a lot better than that. But obviously the most important thing is the, is the three points. From a defensive point of view, though, when you're under that sort of pressure, uh, yourself, uh, Patrick Barrett, you're right, and uh, we had uh, Naby Sarr to the left this time, and Chris on the right. You must give you some cause for satisfaction that you can put up that sort of uh, defensive line against uh, against what was constant pressure. Yeah, no, it was it was a difficult game for all of us. Uh, I think everyone's everyone's knackered coming off the pitch. It wasn't the, everyone gave 100% still. Just it, we weren't. We probably weren't at our standards we've, we've hit a lot of this season. So, uh, but no, it's more pleasing. Obviously, Jed, Jed as well. He's he's made a couple of brilliant saves there to keep us in the game. So, now we're, we're obviously delighted with the with the victory. But um, you know, it's, the performance-wise, we know we can do better. We'll get on to the winning goal in a second. But just before we do that, the, uh, the penalties in the first half. There one looked soft from where we were, but uh, was it? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen them given. It's, it's difficult. I think I didn't think it was a penalty, and I was right next to it. Um, and but the ref said he, Christian's reaction, um, it was a penalty, and he felt it was a penalty. So it was, it was soft, but it was disappointing. And we have to then talk about uh, the fact that we. I mean, how important was it though, to go up the other end and get our own penalty and get back in the game before? Yeah, it was massively important. To be fair, like we, we still had a couple of good chances, and I think. That goes to show the boys don't stop. Um, we keep, we keep, we do keep going. It, even though our performance probably wasn't the standard, we know we can play. But um, it was important. We went in one all um, at half time, and then we knew we, we'd, we'd have a chance second half. When you're in a game like that, uh, do you uh, and, and they've had a fair amount of pressure the, the home side, and, and uh, I wouldn't say we'll clear cut chances, but Jed has been in the way of the ones they did have. Do you get, a, do, do you grow in confidence at that point when you think uh, actually there might be something for us tonight? I think. The most importantly, I was shouting it to the boys. Make sure we, you know, we, the minimum we get is a, is a draw because you come here and get a draw, it's, it's a good result. Um, they're a good team. They they got some good players, and um, so to come away with a draw, I think we take that. But to come away with three points is a brilliant result. Anybody who hasn't seen the game, uh, there'll, be, there'll be no surprise when I say that uh, you know we need Warriors out on the pitch, and uh, you typified that tonight. Uh, but the back four generally were, were superb. But uh, your head was seen to be pretty much everywhere. 
Yeah, no, it's obviously I'm pleased with my personal performance, but more importantly, it's about the team. And I thought everyone, everyone, give their all um, and put their bodies on the line, and that's what it's about. I mean, Bo, um, Bo has come in and said that you know, away from home on Tuesday nights, we haven't had that uh, in the past, and the last few games, everyone's given their all, um, and it's showing, showing now we got that. Like, like Bo has said, we got that side to us as well, resilience, um, and. We're obviously on the on the ball. We know we can do better tonight, but we can be very effective and, and one of the better teams in the league. And they'll also see the name on the score line on the score sheet. The winner coming uh, three minutes from the end. Everybody who hasn't seen it will be expecting it to be a header. But yeah. uh, you proved them wrong. Yeah, to be fair, I just um, I gambled on and Joe Rebo flicked it. Obviously, it's a good great ball in from Wardy. Um, and yeah, I just managed to. I thought it was going to go over, but <laughs> but no, as I was, I was delighted when it went in. I you can see by my celebration. Oh, the celebrations think. afterwards into what uh, was a was a superb yeah. Valley uh, Valley faithful. Yeah, no. made the trip north today. Brilliant. They they really behind us. Obviously, even even when we weren't at our best, uh, they stayed behind us. So I can't I can't thank them enough for, for the support and and obviously um, to get the three points for them is. is Brilliant. I suspect the, the trip home will be slightly better than it probably would have been five minutes before that. Yeah. But it, you know, the, the performance, though, joking apart, and uh, you were under pressure. The performance itself, the fact that uh, we didn't give in, we didn't cave in uh, to what was good pressure from the home side, who uh, who won't lose too many games here, I suppose. It must no. must really give uh, the team some confidence. It's four wins on a bounce. Well. Yeah, yeah. No, we've got to keep building. You know, we 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 know as, as players, and, and I think the fans here, we are we're a good team this year, and we we got a lot about us, but. Like you say, you've got to feet, keep your feet on the floor, um, and you've got to give the minimum expectation from from all of us is to give give our all. If we give our all, and we've got some real good players in there who, who can win us the games, um, and they have done in this this season. So we've got to keep going, and um, and we will keep our feet on the floor and keep working hard. Lyle Taylor has the glorious chance on his Addicts debut. Gives Charlton a lead. A referee blows whistle. Taylor steps up. Lyle Taylor. Yes! Charlton! Charlton take the lead after nine minutes. Lyle Taylor on his Charlton debut. Gives the away side an unlikely lead. So welcome back to Charlton Live, the big match preview. Great to hear from Jason Pearson after his match-winning goal up at Burton Albion on, on a Tuesday night. We, the word Warriors come up quite a few times, actually, on, on this show. Uh, but he is the ultimate warrior when it comes to, to Charlton, isn't he? And he's exactly the, the sort of leader you need, and, and he'll pop up with a, with a goal like that every now and then as well. Yeah, epitomises everything we would want. And you look at his, uh, his Instagram after every game and every photo that he chooses to post is him battering someone in some sort of aerial <laughs> challenge or something and you're right he's a complete a complete fighter out on the pitch and always gives everything uh, something we, we really as fans that's all we all we ask for is to put in put in that 100% and yeah without fail he does that every single game and to pop up with a goal is obviously brilliant but I mean the primary work he does at the back as well is also great so yeah, a brilliant performance from him, um, and just so good to see him back alongside. Was he alongside Barrett on uh, on Tuesday? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, so good to have those two back as well. Yeah. Excellent stuff, right? So let's come on tonight's show. We're going to hear a few more snippets <coughs> out of today's press day, a uh, couple of talking points that come out of that, and of course we we'll look ahead to Saturday's FA Cup second round tie here at the Valley uh, with Doncaster Rovers. So just before we uh, talk about that, obviously some sad news. Uh, that emerged on Monday. We found out, uh, unfortunately, that former Charlton midfielder Darren Pitcher uh, died at the age of 49 uh, over the weekend. And uh, it, was, it was slightly before our time, both of us. But if you could see some of the tweets coming out from his former teammates, uh, you could see he, he was uh, clearly a, a well-respected person and a good player as well. He was involved in some big moments. He had the, the assist on the, for Colin Walsh's mm-hmm. first goal back at the Valley back in 1992, and he scored a winner uh, in an FA Cup giant killing at Blackburn back in 94, I believe it was. Um, so he, he's, he played a big part in, in, at, at Charlton. He ended up going on to Palace, and there he, he had a, an injury, unfortunately, that curtailed his, uh, his career. Um, and I'm sure uh, if Terry's on on Sunday, I'll be able to share a little bit more mm-hmm. about Darren Pitcher. But you, like I say, you can see by some of the... Uh, 
uh, so, some of the tributes he was getting from fans as well on social media that he was clearly a, a well-respected and a very good player. Yeah, and, and came through our youth system as well, um, which immediately will adhere him to Charlton fans. Um, I'll just read in the club statement here, and Colin Cameron apparently described him as what was admirable was his attitude, patience and determination to approve a game. And again, going back to, to Jason Pearce and his attitude on the pitch, it's just something that as Charlton fans, that's all we want to see. And you're right, when you see that outpouring of emotion for, from fellow players um, and the fact he, he went after us to, to a bitter rival like Palace and, and is still loved by Charlton fans, you know, that's not easy to do either. So, yeah, to lose his life so so tragically young is obviously just just awful and, and thoughts, obviously, to his, to his family and friends. Certainly. Right, don't forget, coming up here at the Valley on Sunday, the 9th, of uh, December, it's the Charlton Athletic Community Trust are putting on a dinner to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the 1998 playoff final. Um, you can still buy your tickets for that dinner. We heard from Mark Kinsella on the show this time last week. He'll be at the dinner along with many others uh, from that squad. And, and Alan Kirby as well, of course, the manager of that squad. We'll be hoping to uh, have a couple more members of that squad on uh, the show before then but we won't release any details until I've actually got the interview sorted but hopefully we will um, and don't forget all the money raised will go towards the, the Charlton Athletic Community Trust I mean we spoke last week about the, the excellent work they do I mean there's another one that's come out this week uh, the Trust are going to be part of the biggest round of funding yet um, from the Mayor of London's uh, Young Londoners Fund uh, and we'll be leading on the delivery of the Connect Project with its partners the Royal Borough of Greenwich Peabody and the London Borough of Bexley um, in order to help fund uh, or address, sorry, uh, street violence. Obviously, something that's uh, been been quite big news in the capital this year. So that's uh, just something that, that, that the trust does, and obviously every uh, penny that you raise from the dinner uh, will go towards uh, the excellent work that the trust does. So you have a look on the, uh, the, the the trust website. You'll still be able to get your tickets for that dinner. Uh, and like I said, it'd be a great way to celebrate that 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 twentieth anniversary of the the greatest game that Wembley's ever seen. And as I say, you'll hear from all the uh, all, all the, uh, the the players. We get to meet all the players from that time uh, as well. Right, let's have a look at a couple of things that came out of press day today. First thing, uh, Lee Bayer. Obviously, we're getting we're just about to go into December, which means we're only just over a month away now from uh, the January transfer window. Which, to be fair, is normally bad news around these parts. Yeah. But um, but Bose was asked about it. Uh, today and he was asked if he's had any contact with Roland uh, about the sort of players that he'd, he'd be hoping if possible to pick up uh, when January comes I've not spoken to the owner about anything to do with that yet um, I know one position that we do and I keep saying it one position we do need to strengthen and that's left back um, I feel Chris Solly's playing there at the moment Naby we played there on, on Tuesday and He's not comfortable out there. We, we, we changed it in the end and, and at half time and, and went to three at the back. Um, we looked to look more comfortable like that. But um, that's definitely a position that we have to strengthen because we, we don't have no cover there. So there we go, talking about obviously the left back situation. We know that Page is out, we know Nabs has, has filled in at times, and Solly, of course, has played on the wrong side as well. So clearly that's a position we want to strengthen. The question will be whether we can yeah I think we've still got a couple of spaces for loans haven't we as yeah, well yeah we can get loans yeah. so um, yeah I'm sure we're going to have to do some business because it's one of them things where if he's been telling the truth to other managers we've been told that if we were in and around it come Christmas he would invest more money now I know the situation is slightly different this year in that he's trying to sell but in my mind he's been trying to sell for about 14 years anyway so <laughs> That shouldn't make any difference. Um, Bowyer has proven he deserves more players. He's proven he's capable of signing good players. Players are starting to sign up to contracts with the expectation that this club is perhaps going somewhere again. So I think it's it's the least that we all deserve. Uh, and he's not coming out and saying, I want some 30-goal-a-season striker. He's not being greedy. He's saying, I need strength in depth in the one position in particular where he hasn't got it at the moment. And look, I'd love another central defender as a bit more support for Bauer and Pierce. I'd love another number 10. I'd love another defensive midfielder. But they're all secondary to that. And I think we need to focus on left-back first. I still do think we need a bit more cover across the squad because, as we've said lots of times, it is thin. Um, and unfortunately, the performances of the likes of Morgan, Lapsley and Stevenson are probably going to make Roland go, nah, you don't need anyone else. But... Um, yeah, I think we need extra players because this season's gruelling and, and injuries have taken their toll already this season and we've weathered that storm. But 
I'm sure it's going to happen again in the new year, and we need to be able to cope with that. Yeah, I mean, is, is there any other position do you think? I think strikers, you'd think we'd be all right at the moment. Midfield, obviously, with the injuries we've got, maybe um, the goalkeeper will come into in a little yeah. in a little minute. But anyone else desperate? I, think, I mean, left back is clearly the most important yeah, one. Yeah, as I say, I think maybe a centre back. I, I I love Naby, um, but I'm not sure. But you're Be- not in love with him. No, no, not not Freddie. <laughs> but, um, Bielik can play there as well, obviously, but he is only on loan. Um, so it's not like we've not got anyone there. I think maybe either centre-back or another defensive midfielder, obviously with Cullen out. Um, Prattley, you know, one of the more experienced players, if we put it that way. You know, we I think we need a bit more cover there. I think maybe going forward we're OK, particularly with a Jose having improved recently in weeks. So... Um, yeah, I would say probably defensive midfield is, is second choice. But, mm. uh, I mean, you could arguably f- get four or five more players in just for a bit more strength in depth and really say to the rest of this league, look, we're not going anywhere. We're really kicking on in the second half of the season. Right, um, another slight question that will come up in January, of course, is about the future of Jed Steer on loan uh, from Aston Villa, officially for the entire season. But Villa do have a recall option uh, that they can use in January. Now, if anyone saw the highlights of their 5 all draw with Nottingham Forest last night, uh, you'll see that the goalkeeper they've got at the moment seems to be prone to letting in a lot of goals that he shouldn't do. Um, so, uh, Bose was asked today if he's there, if uh, Dean Smith, the, the Villa manager, former Brentford manager, of course, has been in contact to uh, raise that point uh, about whether he might be trying to recall Jed Steer. Uh, no, we've not heard nothing there. Uh, Jed's just finding his feet I think I think it, it took him a while to get going um, I think he'd admit that himself but I think the last few games he's been outstanding Tuesday night was, was his best game for us I think um, and yeah so hopefully he stays with us and keeps playing because when he first came he hadn't played for a long time and, and he was rusty a bit like um, Ben Amos last season took him a few games to get going so now he's just finding his feet and and he knows the way we want to play then I'm, I'm hoping that he stays but that's something that we can't control unfortunately so a bit of a relief that at the moment we haven't heard anything but I guess there's always that danger like I say the, the Villa goalkeeper in particular last night letting two or three really soft ones that he shouldn't have and, and, and Jed's proved himself to be on really good form yeah uh, and as I said earlier I think he deserves a huge amount of credit because he, he came in in difficult circumstances and, and I don't think that was down to his quality in particular but it was down to a perhaps the fact that people thought Phillips had been dropped unfairly and I think I would probably be in that camp. Um, when he came in, all the talk was about his distribution and we didn't necessarily see that immediately. But just looking back at, at the results here, we, we won three and drew two of his first five games, so we didn't do too badly. Um, but yeah, in recent games, as I say, the distribution for Ward's goal the other day, you look at the saves he made in particular in the last two games, you, you've seen the experience come through and when we signed him, although we didn't want Phillips to lose out on his space, you, you knew the sort of keeper we were getting and the reputation he came with. And it's it's good that we're seeing that now. It'll be interesting, of course, on the other hand, whether Phillips decides to go as a result of Steer staying here. And if that's the case, then what do we do? Because I know Maynard Brewer played the other week against Swansea, but is he someone we can really rely on as second choice or, or want to have to? So um, I think that keeper situation is still quite dodgy and has been for a few years whilst we've continue to get our number one as a loan but um, yeah if Steer can stay he's someone I think I'd want to Um, if he doesn't you would hope Phillips would be back to that number one spot I was going to say would Phillips automatically get the step up and then if Steer does go back presumably we'd have to get someone else in because you assume that Maynard Brewer isn't really ready to to be the the, the permanent number two at the moment. Yeah, although I saw his interview the other week and he talks with a lot of a lot of confidence and he knows where he wants to be. Um, he's a very ambitious young goalkeeper and that's obviously good credit to him. Um, and it's not that I think he's a bad goalkeeper at all. I just think he's so so young and you don't want to have to throw him in and rely on him necessarily. We we had to do that with Pope early in his career and you saw how that affected him in those early stages um, and what he's gone on to achieve is obviously fantastic. So I think either way, um, if one of those two goes, you have to bring someone in to replace. Uh, I know Bowyer hasn't heard anything yet, but I wonder if that's on his radar anyway, just having a look at who might be available, even just as a short-term six-month thing, because I think in the summer there's going to be a big decision for Dills to make if he hasn't already made it in January. And obviously Steer's going back then either way, unless we can work out a signing, which... I'd be surprised if we did that. Now, finally, um, the, the final thing that came out of today's press day. Now, you're, uh, 
you would have noticed, of course, that on Tuesday evening, uh, Carlin Grant was put forward to take a penalty kick, and he's now become the fourth player uh, this season to be successful from the penalty spot for the Addicts. So you've got, um, obviously, Lyle Taylor. You've got Tariq Fosu away at Luton Town. Uh, you've got Toby Stevenson getting his hat-trick at Stevenage, and now you've got Carlin uh, on Tuesday evening. Um, so it's just unusual, really, to see, uh, obviously, when Lyle Taylor is the, the, the chosen spot kick taker for him, once again, like he did at Luton, to sort of... Uh, hand it on to another player. So Lee Bay was asked um, if we were to get another penalty in the next few games, uh, if he knows who would step forward and take it. I haven't got a clue. I, I have no say whatsoever on the penalties. Um, as far as I was aware, Lowell was going to be taking that penalty because after the, when he missed one for us, I said, look, you hit a good penalty. There was nothing wrong with the penalty. Keeper made a great save. You're still number one. If you don't want to take it, you've got first refusal. If you don't want to take it, then that's up to you. So that's obviously something that the lads speak about. So that's two now that he's, he's, he's passed, if you like. Um, Tariq scored one, Carlin scored the other night. Um, that's Lowell's reasoning for, for doing that. So uh, I don't get involved in that. I, I trust them all. And, um, but Lowell is the penalty taker in my eyes. And, and if he doesn't fancy it on the night or day for whatever reason, then um, that's down to him. So an executive decision will be taken out on the pitch will it, among the players? Yeah, maybe they decided the day before. I don't know. I don't get involved in it. Um, I, I trust whoever steps up will we'll, we'll score. And Lowell's no different. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't get involved. I, I trust Lowell if he takes it and then I trust his decision if he, if he doesn't want to take it. And it's shown that the two that he hasn't taken, people have stepped up and, and scored. So maybe... Maybe it was the right decision from Lowe. Yeah, not one you often hear about managers delegating, but Lebo, you're clearly happy to. I mean, um, what do you think is going through Lyle's mind when he just doesn't really fancy it, perhaps, at the time? He missed one for Montserrat again. He's missed a couple this season, but he scored a couple, so... I don't know, it's a strange one, because he doesn't strike me as a man who lacks his confidence. Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe he just sees the opportunity for someone else to do it. Uh, maybe he's just, although his, his confidence is high, maybe it's just a skill that he's perhaps thinks that there's someone who can do a better job than him um, maybe it's sharing the goals around I don't know but uh, either way like uh, like Lee said so long as they're going in I don't really care who takes them get Naby or Jed on them for all I care so long as they're going in particularly this year when we've had a lot of them so yeah it doesn't bother me either way but um, yeah as you say interesting to hear that Bowyer doesn't seem to have much control over it <laughs> yeah right let's uh, turn our attention to Saturday's home game with Doncaster Rovers second round of the FA Cup Charlton obviously uh, needed a replay to get past Mansfield uh, drew one all up, uh, up at their place Field Mill uh, with Toby the Hattrick Stevenson uh, getting our goal bringing it back to a replay where Lyle the Hattrick Taylor actually got a Hattrick uh, we beat them 5-0 Chorley uh, held Doncaster in the in the first round as well. They was to a two-all draw. And Charlie had ten men. Donny had to uh, uh, come from behind twice in that game. Uh, eventually took it to a replay where they beat Charlie seven nil. Um, so they dished out some punishment there for uh, yeah for uh, for having their noses bloodied uh, in in the first leg. Um, from a Doncaster point of view, I mean I didn't bother ringing the same bloke we had on the show about three <laughs> weeks ago because I just asked him the same questions. How have Donny got on? It was well the same as we had two weeks ago. So uh, we haven't done that this week. But I mean I was I was looking through their their, their sort of local media today uh, Grant McCann said they will bring a strong side he was talking about um, you know, talking up the FA Cup he, had, he said he'd had some good moments in it himself uh, but then I noticed they also put their reserve goalkeeper up to do press so <laughs> Ian Lawler so it does uh, raise some questions I mean looking at the side they put out in, in the first round away at Donka, uh, away at Chorley you know, before the replay there's some big names in there John Marquise was there Coppinger was there the likes of Whiteman and Blair who both played uh, against us here at the Valley in the league game a couple of weeks ago um, I mean we, we know what they, they're about they're a, they're a half decent team um, Don, Donny uh, we, we've seen them play before we've got the confidence that we've beaten them before as well yeah yeah exactly and, and I thought we were really good in that performance here as well um, thought we thoroughly deserved the victory and obviously the, the side will be a little bit different because I think Cullen's out and uh, Vettel came on and he's going to be out so you know the, the team is going to be different but we played really well it was a clean sheet there were two goals we scored that one from a corner um, Carlin obviously popped up with yet another goal um, so yeah they're one of them teams that I feel we we 
kind of rolled over and it was probably one of the first results again I'm just having to look back but there hasn't been too many results where I felt that comfortable through the whole game yeah maybe maybe the Barnsley um, game even a couple yeah, of weeks before that was that. the one I was just looking at um, and then obviously we went on to then beat Warsaw 2-0 after it well, it, was sort, it was sort of the one that, that kicked us back into life because it came exactly. was it, that was the, the first game after the defeat it wasn't yeah. at Rochdale and, and so it just, it just started us on this run again yeah uh, so an important win for us now of course that run started against Doncaster the first of four uh, league wins and now again we have to take this uh, this break uh, for the FA Cup so Lee Bayer was asked today if it's fair to say that perhaps this FA Cup game can be considered a bit of a distraction considering how well we're doing in the league yeah yeah um, you could have done without it could have done without it yeah for sure and, and then they would have had a little rest but it would give opportunity to other players to to get some minutes into them um, some to show that they're ready for when we need them and uh, so yeah we'll, we'll still be going out there and we'll still be trying and giving out 100% that's what and try and win the game that's that's the way they are that's the way I am every game you want to win but we are in a good place in the league and, and I've said from day one my most important thing is to get promotion that's that's what I'm going to be trying to do and and that nothing and uh, talking of injuries, any uh, anyone coming back, anyone available to you on Saturday that wasn't available on Tuesday night? Yep, um, Ben Reeves. Ben Reeves will play on uh, Saturday. Um, on the injury side of things, it's, it's more how tired they are today. Um, there's a lot of people with a lot of tight groins and, and stiffness this morning. Um it was a heavy pitch the other day and, and they put a good shift in so it's more of the case of trying to wrap them up and, and look after them and then uh, people coming back because there's only only Billy coming back at the moment uh, not Billy um, obviously Billy Clark's available but uh, Ben Reeves he's, uh, he's back he's the only one So it's all a question of fatigue is it? Yeah yeah fatigue yeah Saturday, Tuesday they, they put a big shift in especially the midfield lads Um so yeah, there's a lot of tired players in there today and we've just got to look after them and, and get them ready for Blackpool. So there we go, Lee. I mean, as has sort of been the theme of the show, he hasn't really got too much time for this fixture. I mean, he likes the cup, he respects the cup, but I think he could, he'd arguably do without it. But we'll, we'll look at the positives. I mean, we're here, Ben Reeves is going to get some minutes probably by the sounds of it and he needs them. And of course, Billy Clark's going to get some further minutes um, having been missing from the the, the, the league squad for, for the last couple of games. So there, there will be minutes in legs that haven't had some up for the last few weeks. Yeah, and, and as I say, I think that's primarily how he's going to use the game. Um, a chance for players like that. I don't think he's going to rest everybody and partly because he can't as uh, as... Tony Hudd said to him there but um, he has got a few options um, and yeah I think for him primarily it's about trying to get some get some minutes in those legs and make sure that his players are ready for the week after because as we heard in his interview with Tell on Tuesday night that's the only game he seemed to be talking about if we get through brilliant you know let's all keep our fingers crossed for a third round draw if we don't uh, you know it's not the end of the world I think we're all quite excited about where this season's going in the league and, and that's our focus so it's a bit bit of a nothing to lose game really as far as I'm concerned unless yeah. we get more injuries yeah, in which or, case then we lose a lot or we get a replay which yeah. will be even worse because yeah. I mean so Tuesday week we're either going to be away to Doncaster in a cup replay away to Portsmouth in the league or if we go through or get knocked out and Portsmouth need a replay we'll just have a, a spare Tuesday but I think the absolute worst one is going up to Doncaster yeah. at short notice I mean Paul, I'm, I'm hoping we go through uh, and Portsmouth do the same and they're away to Rochdale so I mean they, they could easily get a, a draw as well but I'd, I'd like to be going down to, to Fratton Park in a couple of weeks because that's one to uh, to look forward to I mean like I say Billy Clark will, will, will play some minutes I dare say Ben Rees will looking at top I mean, I'm sure Nicky Joe said well and I, you guess that one out of Grant and uh, Taylor will start now Grant's played more recently uh, well you say that but then Taylor, Taylor had his suspension but he yeah. also had his international break at the same time so it, it'd be interesting to see which way he goes with that one yeah, I think given purely given that Taylor didn't score and it's not like he's on a drought or something, but he's gone, you know, he had the suspension and then he didn't really hit the heights, although, as you said earlier in the show, it perhaps wasn't his fault uh, on Tuesday night. I think I would like to see Taylor and a Jose play. I think uh, a Jose and Grant are a bit too similar as well, um, although they both played well the other week when uh, Taylor was out. So perhaps... Uh, 
I'd like to see Taylor and a Jose play up there. Mm. Um, goalkeeper, obviously, Dylan Phillips will get a run out. And then, so, yeah. yeah, and then in the defence again, I think Naby Sarr perhaps will go in at centre half. Yeah. If Dick Still and, and uh, maybe even Toby Stevenson again at left back, Stevenson's actually looked quite good when uh, yeah. when he's been playing in the in, machine in the first team. And uh, Billy Clark, perhaps the, the defensive midfield again, just uh, where he's played a few times. He gave the ball away a few times in, in the cut replay, which isn't like him. Mm. It's just the best way to get minutes in his legs, though. I think to to be shuttling around and making those tackles and and doing what he loves. So um, yeah, I'd be I would expect him to play. I'd expect uh, expect Lapsley to start. Fossu, you'd think, will start. Maybe Marshall, because I think he's impressed recently when he's come on. Um, I'd like to see Albie get some minutes. I think he'll probably start on the bench, but I'd like to see him come on. Rico probably will come on as well. So, yeah, I mean, we are looking to, to the youth uh, it, to a little uh, a little extent, but they're all players who've been involved with the first team in league fixtures as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we've got more than enough to beat them. It's just a, how much we really want to take it seriously. As I say, with the likes of Blackpool, Portsmouth, um, Barnsley, Sunderland, Peterborough all coming up over the next couple of months. So. Well, fingers crossed we can get a result uh, rather than a draw. Uh, and through to the next round, and you never know, we might be drawn at home to Manchester United. More likely to be like Reading away or something, but who knows. Right, um, just very quickly, the uh, the Jacko's jackpot, you're going to pick one? Yeah, I've been having to think. There's, I'm either going to go with winning from behind, um, which I think was at 11-1, I'm going to wait for the side to come out and I might go for one of the midfielders to score last. So maybe someone like Marshall or Arebo if he plays to score last. um, Yeah, I'll have a think on Saturday. Excellent stuff. So this has been, uh, we've just about run out of time. This has been Charlton Life. Uh, The big match preview. Thank you, uh, Tom, for coming in. Cheers, Louis. I've been Louis Mendes. Thank you for listening. Hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll be back here on Sunday evening uh, to look back at whatever happens against Doncaster in the FA Cup. Let's hope that it's a safe passage into the, uh, the third round and hopefully a draw against a big team. Thanks for listening. We shall see you on Sunday evening. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.